Hey, little love, do. 
I mean, I mean, in the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Assalamu alaikum, my dear brothers and sisters, and once again, Ramadan Mubarak. This is your brother, Abdul Mutakir Muhammad, thanking Allah for allowing us once again to partake in this beautiful fast of Ramadan. Let me thank each and every one of you for joining us this morning and being online with us on the Ummah Reflex, and we pray that our time together will be beneficial and it will aid us all in our growth and development as, as believers in Allah. Brothers and sisters, we were blessed to hear from our beautiful sister, Sister Rashida Muhammad, yesterday, who started her talk off on the word good. And she told us that the word good is mentioned many times in yesterday's reading of the Quran. She said, we started with good to our parents and good to others. And she asked the question, how can we be the doers of good? And our sister said, start doing good where you are. Be kinder to our parents and help and check on our elderly. Return your shopping cart or pick up some trash. Hold the door for someone that's coming behind you. Or let someone into your lane or out of a parking space. And our sister mentioned the big one. If they cut you off in traffic, bless them. Now, really, bless them the right blessing, not our blessing. She said they may be in a hurry for a reason. Our sister said use basic manners like excuse me and thank you and give a kind word to someone. She said that if we are humbly doing these good deeds, we become examples of those coming out of the darkness of this world into the marvelous light of Allah. She said that Allah is the light, and with this transformation in our lives, we become witnesses to how Allah's obedience or how obedience to Allah has brightened and changed our lives for the, for the better. Our sister said that we exemplify his beneficence, and we give Allah all the praise and glory, and we become reflectors of his Light. Beautiful, beautiful words, Sister Rashida. She then spoke on yesterday's reading on how Iblis was actually the opposite and was ungrateful. And she closed and she encouraged us to be good. Be a light. Be grateful. We thank Allah for the beautiful words from our sister yesterday, Sister Rashida Muhammad. We thank Allah for our guest speaker today. And to take us further in our program is our beloved brother and friend, who I'm always good honored to hear from, Brother Abdul Akbar Muhammad. Brother Akbar. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger and servant. I greet you. Ramadan Mubarak, and I greet my brothers and sisters who are listening to this program, not only in America, but around the world. 
It is a great program. I love it so much. And see the believers and hear, hear them ready in the morning to make their prayers, to listen to this program, and all of those who participate in the program and uh, do what is necessary to make it successful. May Allah continue to bless you the rest of this Ramadan. I want to start with something that uh, is close to my heart, and that is the work of our beloved brother minister and what we have done around the world. In, in Ghana, during Ramadan, the brothers and sisters gather in an area called Nima. Nima is what you would call the hood here. But uh, in Nima, they gather in this area, and they listen to speakers. Uh, a few years ago, there was a beautiful sister from northern Nigeria. She was the speaker that day. And some of the cultures, they're not used to hearing sisters speak. But she spoke so beautiful. And everybody was happy to hear from her. And it was like a joy to let the brothers and sisters know that our sisters have a place in the movement of Islam. Uh, in the New York, on 125th Street and 7th Avenue, the brothers and sisters gathered together, and they listened to speakers. At night in the villages, under the neem tree and candlelight, they listened to the brothers and sisters who are scholars in Islam and those who want to uh, project what we know in Islam to others and to help them to understand our faith that has been tried many ways. Uh, the minister was invited uh, to Casablanca, actually. It was the Honorable Elijah Muhammad first who was invited. He could not make it, and he sent Minister Farrakhan. This trip uh, was with the ambassador. The ambassador was Khalil Kalini. He was from Uganda. He was the ambassador to the UN. So he escorted the minister. The minister was in Cuba. His wife brought his clothes to the airport, and I joined him at the airport, and we flew off to Paris and London. And what would make this trip so beautiful is that we were going to one of the first Islamic conferences that would be held in Morocco. And at the time, one of the guests was Idi Amin, who was the president of Uganda. And many people in the world did not know that Idi Amin was a Muslim. The Western press made him seem like uh, just some president of a country who was a troublemaker, but he was a Muslim. He was proud to be a Muslim, uh, and he used his faith as a battering ram against those who were against Islam, especially in his home country. So Idi Amin invited the minister. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad could not make it, and he invited the minister. The minister went with an ambassador, Camille Kanini, a Muslim. He was the ambassador to the U.N., and we traveled together. When we got to London, there was a, this great conference that was going to take place in Cairo. And we went to Cairo. And I wrote in my notes as I watched our minister waiting for the different guests. They asked the minister to go to the airport to receive the heads of state and other special guests. And I watched him. He had a 
Pakistani uh, Persian lamb hat on. And as he stood on the side looking on, I said to myself, what we were going through in our community in America must be heavy on his mind. And the minister helped to receive the guests that came. And from Cairo, we traveled to Uganda. Uh, Idi Amin provided us with a plane. We went to Uganda. And then Uganda, we saw the many, many Muslims that I think I know a little about Islam in the world, but I just didn't know that Uganda had that many Muslims. And at the conference, leaders from all over the world uh, came to this conference. And uh, the minister was there with these leaders, and it was an awesome sight to behold. When we finished in Cairo, we left on a plane again provided by His Excellency Idi Amin, uh, and we went to Uganda. We landed at Entebbe, and we waited in Entebbe until the president, President Idi Amin, arrived. He arrived, and the people at the airport to receive him, and we were there with that crowd. From there, we went to our hotel, and we did things all over Uganda. Too many things for me to talk about on this prayer line. But the thing about it is that Idi Amin had this great respect and admiration for black Americans who he felt could help Africa their knowledge, their travel, their understanding, their learning, their universal uh, learning from universities, he felt strongly that they could be of help. Uh, at a time, Jim Brown and other actors, when they met Idi Amin, they wanted to know how they could help. And I'm saying this about Amin doing this Ramadan because the people do not know his involvement in trying to help and move and share what Uganda had with different people of the world and to make sure that we were not left out, just pushed out into the mix. I, I really appreciate it. I talked to Captain Dennis uh, the other day, and Captain Dennis said to me, Akbar, there's so much that the minister has done that people don't know, and he felt that I had an... Uh, Brother Akbar? Well, brothers and sisters, what we're going to do is ask our sister, Sister Nisa, to come on and introduce our guest speaker this morning. Both of them dropped off, Minister. Both of them dropped off. Okay. Okay. Well, brother, brother, uh, Shaheed, I think you have the recording of our guest speaker this morning. Would you please begin, uh, uh, I think her name is Sister Kadira Muhammad. Let's introduce our guest speaker this morning. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ashahadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashahadu anna muhammadan rasulullah. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad is his messenger. Assalamu alaikum and Ramadan Mubarak. 
One of the things I really love about Islam is our idea of Ummah, our community. And since I travel, I'm often reminded of the beauty of Ummah in my travel. Like when I visit a particular German city, there's an area I love to go to because it has a mosque or even two on most of its blocks. And I'm also really excited to visit as many mosques as I can, even if I don't know what's going on in the hospital because I don't know Turkish or conversational Arabic or whatever the language is being used. I still feel a deep connection. I still feel part of an ummah. And I can still engage and I can still know what's happening, especially during prayer, because we have a universal language, Arabic, and a universal understanding through Islam. And to know that Allah set up a religion that no matter where I go on this earth, if I can find a mosque or gathering of believers, then I will find my ummah. That is a special feeling and unlike any faith I'm aware of. But... Participating in shared practices and understanding is only one aspect to Ummah. I mean, in that German city that I love going to, I, I was shocked to find out about the divisions that existed between the mosques to the point that Muslims would not call the mosques by their actual names, but call them by ethnicity. There was a Turkish mosque, an Arab mosque, a Nigerian mosque, all within walking distance of each other, yet they didn't really interact with each other at all. And visiting these mosques, I can sense those divisions ran more deeply than just language or culture. And these divisions within our ummah, they may seem minor, but many of them run deeply in our collective Muslim consciousness to the point that we find this normal. Or in some circumstances, more severe circumstances, we fight and we kill one another over them. So for my reflection today, I wanted to focus on Ummah and on some of the layers of its meaning. Starting with the dictionary of the Holy Quran, Ummah, coming from Ummatun, means community, nation, group of living things having certain characteristics or circumstances in common. So then what is it that holds us together? What are the characteristics or circumstances we share? The simple answer is, of course, Islam. But Allah provides even deeper insight about this in Surah 3, Ayat 103. Hold fast by the covenant of Allah altogether and be not disunited. And remember Allah's favor on you when you were enemies. Then he united your hearts, so by his favor you became brethren. And you were on the brink of a pit of fire, then he saved you from it. Thus Allah makes clear to you his messages that you may be guided. A covenant in this case comes from the Arabic habl, which is a rope. And that rope is the book of Allah, the Quran. So how is a rope a part of our ummah? Well, think about it like this. If you've ever played tug of war before, like I have, you might know the feeling when everyone in your team is pulling that rope at the same time, how much force you have collectively, especially if everyone's feet is firmly rooted on the ground, you find that you're not only able to, to support yourself better, but your teammates as well. But if one person loses grip or slips for a second, it can affect the entire rope and cause everyone to fall. 
itself that wrote the Quran is not only the foundation of our ummah, but it's also what we use to get closer, to uplift each other, what brings us to salvation. So we have a duty to one another to uphold that rope. And our duty to our ummah is outlined in Surah 49, Ayat 10. It is to keep the peace and reconcile with one another. And in the following two verses, it reads in the Quran, and I quote, O you who believe, believe, let not people laugh at people. Perchance they may be better than they. Nor let women laugh at women. Perchance they may be better than they. Neither find fault with your own people. One translation even says at this part to not defame each other. Nor call one another by nicknames. Evil is a bad name after faith. Whoso turn not, these it is that are iniquitous. And it goes on to even talking about avoiding suspicion and backbiting as well. And in the restrictive law of Islam is our success, a book by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he talks about slack talk and says, quote, slack talk is that kind of cheap talk, gossip that weakens faith in a believer. And he further goes on to say, even if what you're talking about is true, that weakens the brotherhood. And some of us may never have said anything defamatory, sarcastic, or have done backbiting out loud, but what about internally? Do we entertain these thoughts in our minds and hearts about other members in our ummah? Do we have assumptions about each other or take what others say about other people at face value? Do we take on beliefs about each other because it has been passed down culturally or listen to rumors that circulate without question? Or, or when there's rifts that already exist, do we persist on taking inaction? Where we talk about uniting all oh, the ummah, we need to get together, all this, but we never truly engage with each other. Uh, we don't talk to each other. We have this attitude that that other person or other group, well, they should just come to me first. But we can't take anything lightly. You can't take that rift lightly because even in the slightest opening, it allows room for shaitan, Satan, to get in between us. Remember, shaitan in chapter 7 of the Holy Quran said he would not only come from before us and from behind us, but he would also come from our right and our left. In fact, Yusuf Ali has commentary on this where he says, the, quote, the assault of evil is from all sides. It takes advantage of every weak point, and sometimes even our good and generous sympathies are used to decoy us in the snares of evil, end quote. That is why we perform the lot firmly shoulder to shoulder so that we become a stronghold and not allow anything between our brother and sister. So we must clean up whatever slackness is in our rope of Allah. I will close with this thought. Umma is a word derived from amma meaning to repair. So the idea of community is interrelated to healing. And to heal is to also see that it's not just our commonalities that make us a community. And what I mean is in Surah 49, Ayat 13, it reads, O mankind, we created you from a single pair of male and a female and made you into nations and tribes that ye may know each other, not that ye may despise each other. Verily, the most honored of you in the sight of God is he who is the most righteous of you. And God has full knowledge and is well acquainted with all things. 
In this verse, Allah makes it very clear our differences are divinely created. And if we can recognize that you have something that I don't and vice versa, in those differences are lessons that can help us grow and evolve as an ummah. It's time to heal. It's time to atone. Let's see our differences not as grounds for further division, but as reasons to get closer so that we can see what blessings Allah has for us in getting to know one another. I leave as I came before you with Assalamu Alaikum and Ramadan Mubarak. Wa Alaikum Salam, Sister Kadira. Thank you. Thank you for your words with us this morning on the word Ummah and us being one community. All praises are due to Allah. Thank you. Thank you. We will ask our brother if he would now give us what we affectionately call the hadith of the day, Brother Jalil. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Brother Musaka, and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all of those that have joined us this morning on this day of fasting on the Ramadan, the Ummah reflects line. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, we praise Allah. And we seek Allah's help from the evil of our bad deeds and the results of those bad deeds. And we seek Allah's forgiveness, for we need his forgiveness. Whomever Allah guides, none can be guided wrongly. He's safe and he's secure. Whomever Allah leaves wandering aimlessly without guidance, no one, no one, no one will be able to guide that person aright. I bear witness there is nothing worthy of worship but Allah. He's God all by himself. And I bear witness that Muhammad ibn Abdullah is his servant and messenger for Allah, the best book is the book of Allah. And the best guidance comes from the Rasulullah, every innovation is a going astray and every going astray shall lead to the hellfire. May Allah protect us from going astray. And may Allah make the hellfire haram for us. Allahumma, I mean. We thank Allah for our sister this morning and the words she brought to us. And we thank Allah for another day of fasting. And I pray to Allah that you are enjoying your fast and taking it in as it was given to us, allowing us to draw closer to Allah so that we can gain taqwa of Allah. Sister talked about her fascination with the Ummah. Her desire to see the Ummah, a cohesive Ummah. Her desire to see the Ummah, one Ummah, without any friction, without any fitna, without any trials. And may you be rewarded for that, dear sister because that's the way the Ummah was to be designed and that's the way the Ummah should be. The Prophet desired for the Ummah to be one Ummah, devoid of any friction, devoid of any fitna. And in truth, oftentimes, we see the fitna coming amongst the Ummah by way of petty jealousy by way of allowing our nafs to get in the way of becoming an Ummah, a strong Ummah, an Ummah without any division. And the great Imam, the great scholar of yesteryear, Sufyan Athari, 
said something very profound about the Ummah. He said that the Ummah that we have is oftentimes unhealthy haram competition amongst them. And you can see it amongst the masjids. And he said that unhealthy competition can be more treacherous, more unhealthy than you see in the marketplaces of the dunya. When I read that years ago, I thought about that. You can see that in the marketplaces, like when you're at a flea market. And you know how you go to shop at one part of the flea market, and you say, well, let me go take a look. And then they get to throwing darts at the places you're about to go. They may speak ill of the person you're about to go see just so that they can get to sell from you there. That's the analogy that Imam Sufyan talked about. He said that treacherous, treachery behavior can be like that. Well, one master, one mosque is talking about the other mosque and saying, well, they don't do this and they don't do that. And they're on this and they're on that. Unhealthy competition. Allah says in this book, dear brothers and sisters, vie with one another in righteousness. So we can have healthy competition. That's perfectly fine. But when it dwarfs and morphs into, when it morphs into being unhealthy competition, that's haram, dear brothers and sisters. The Prophet spoke about this, this type of unhealthy competition, this type of cancer that creeps into the mosque around the world and the believers amongst, amongst the believers in the world. We have to ward it off, dear brothers and sisters, so that our sister can see a healthy Ummah striving to be the number one Ummah of the world. The Prophet ﷺ said the example of the believers of the Ummah in their love and mercy and compassion for each other is similar to the body. When one limb of the body aches and pains, the whole body feels that it can pain with fever and sleeplessness. That's the way the Ummah should be. Do we feel the pain of our Chinese brothers and sisters who are suffering right now? Severe oppression, severe dogmatic, systematic racism coming from the leaders of China? Do we feel that pain? Do we feel the pain of our brothers in Somalia? our sisters in Somalia who are suffering from tremendous drought right now. Do we feel that pain? Did we feel the pain of Afghanistan Muslims who struggled fighting off the, the crusaders who were there? When one part of the Ummah aches, the whole Ummah should ache and should ache with like a fever of the body. Are we doing that? And if we're not, we need to look at ourselves and look inwardly and change that type of behavior. And this petty jealousy that goes off with one another, we have to stop that. We have to stop that. The Quran says the believers are gentle with the believers, but stern against the disbelievers. Oftentimes it's all opposite. We can be stern with the Muslims and gentle with the disbelievers. We shouldn't be like that, brothers and sisters. We should show a good face, and we should be of those that understand 
the significance of the word of the book of Allah. Ask Allah to bless us to be like that. But if we don't, something dreadful can happen. When we're talking about one another and undressing each other and ridiculing one another, that can be a cancer. But Allah's Messenger told us about this in Hadith. He said, any person who fills his belly and eats well on account of dishonoring another Muslim, then know that Allah will allow him to fill his belly with a hellfire on the day of judgment. Meaning, you're making money off of dishonoring another Muslim. You're eating well in dishonoring other Muslims. That's a devastating result if it happens to be that way. He went on to say, any Muslim, any, any Muslim brother who beautifies himself with fine clothes at the expense of dishonoring another Muslim knows that Allah will have him dressed with fire, clothes of fire on the day of judgment. And then he said, lastly, any Muslim who allows his stature to grow and his reputation to get big in ruining the reputation of another Muslim by dishonoring him, know that on the day of standing, Allah will ruin your reputation. Brothers and sisters, this type of behavior that our sister saw throughout her travels, this type of behavior that we see on a daily basis amongst the Muslims has to come to a screeching halt so that we can win the favor of Allah so that we can earn the pleasure of Allah, so that we can earn the bounties of Allah. I ask Allah to bless us to be of those that ward off these type of behaviors. But know this, brothers, in my closing. Oftentimes, the stuff that we see in the local mosque and the local masjids, these are the infiltrators coming in there at the hand of the oppressor, at the hand of the evil ones, at the hand of the disbelievers, who come to sow division amongst the ranks. And we have to have hikmah in determining just who those people are so that we can weed them out. And then lastly, the brothers and sisters, and sometimes we need to criticize some of the mosques and some of the masters that are doing certain behaviors that are unbecoming of a Muslim. You have some mosques, brothers and sisters, that are, uh, that are criticizing and causing havoc on the companions of the Prophet speaking ill of the companions, speaking ill of Aisha radiallahu anha. We can't have that. We have some masters, believe it or not, who pray to Prophet Muhammad when he said, I'm just a man and don't exaggerate me, don't exaggerate over me the way the Christians used to exaggerate over Jesus alayhi salam. So those type of place of worship should be criticized, and we should stay away from those places. We have some lost the holy that that the, that the holy prophet sallam, during the, his time that he told the believers don't go near, because it was set up by munafics. May Allah bless us, dear brothers and sisters, to be aware of these type of places, and may Allah bless us to be of those that keep the fitna down. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam, brother Jamil. Thank you, dear brother, for the hadith of the day. We will ask our sister Lisa for the Lisa report and the fast facts, sister Lisa. 
Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness Muhammad is his messenger. As-salamu alaykum. The fast fact of the day is Ramadan is an enabler. This is day nine, and some of us are just looking at the calendar, waiting for the month to end. Some of us don't even feel worthy to fast, and we just haven't started. Allow me to help you with these words. Allah knows what you're going through. Dedicate this month to Him. You are more than worthy and deserve what Ramadan offers. Ramadan is a facilitator, and it helps us to become more conscious, more aware, and to to worship Allah with greater fervor, with greater zeal. But at the same time, we worship the Lord of Ramadan. We do not worship Ramadan. So we ask Allah to bless us with consistency. If you have not started to fast and pray, today is your day to do so. It is not too late. I repeat, it is not too late. Allah loves those who try, even if we fail. Allah still loves us. This month is for Allah, but we reap all the benefits. Take it one day at a time. Ask Allah to bless you to fast today. Start today. Start here. Ask Allah to bless us with guidance and to bless us with patience and gratitude. And make us a people, no matter what our circumstances are, we remember Allah. We want Allah's help to maintain the highest character, the highest standards of character, and to always maintain a high standard of worship. Consequently, the worship that we are experiencing during Ramadan is not just for Ramadan. Even if we are starting today, let me make that clear. This is not just for Ramadan. We may be doing this now, but we want to make sure that we continue this throughout the rest of the year. Ramadan may be a start for many of us. It may be our month to reset and recharge. For those of us who have said, oh, my God, Ramadan is here. I've missed more than a week. It's not too late to get started. Start today. Start right now. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. If you think your Ramadan is over, you have messed it up. The previous days, think again. Start right now. Start fasting today, right now. Start praying right now. Make your Ramadan the best Ramadan you ever have had right now. Ask Allah to bless you at this moment right now. It is not too late. Start. You say it right now. Ask Allah to bless you to make your Ramadan the best from this moment forward. Allah is off returning to mercy. Sometimes we are not. Sometimes we are the ones who are returning. Sometimes we are not the ones who are returning to mercy, but Allah Allah is off returning to mercy, and Allah loves to forgive. We have to remember that Allah loves to forgive, and he is off returning to mercy. Sometimes we are harder on ourselves, and Allah is never that hard on us. Give yourself some grace and kindness. We have to remember we can start, and we can start it, fill in the blank, what? Right now. So Ramadan is an enabler. Use Ramadan to get your spiritual life together. That is our fast fact of the day. This is our 17th year serving Muslims with a wake-up call to start our fast with power and purpose. We bring speakers from different communities and intergenerational speakers. We have our elders and we have our youth too. We want to reflect all our community has to offer. Since the beginning of Ramadan, we've had over 85,000 downloads of the podcast Ramadan the Umar Reflects. The countries listening include Nigeria, Mexico, and Sister Kadira's beloved Germany. Welcome to all our listeners, and we thank Allah over and over for the opportunity to serve. 
Thank you again for listening. Islam is not the problem. Islam is the answer. Assalamu alaikum. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam, Sister Nisa. Thank you for the Nisa report and the fast fact. But this is our reading for today. Day 9 starts with chapter 7, verse 88, through chapter 8, verse 40. Surah 7, ayat 88, through Surah 8, ayat 40. Now, brothers and sisters, as you can hear my brother over there getting it ready, he's the hardest work, one of the hardest working men in the Ramadan or Umar Reflects prayer line. You ask him once again, would he bless us by closing us with prayer? Our beloved brother, Abdul Shaheed Muhammad, brother Shaheed. Assalamu alaikum. Let us pray, dear Muslims. But I was talking, I had muted myself. <laughs> yeah. Brothers and brother Shaheed, thank you for your prayers with us this morning. Again, as I was trying to say, as we close on behalf of our guest speaker this morning, Sister Kadira Muhammad, and we thank Allah for you and your family, my dear sister, and your beautiful words with us this morning on Ummah. On behalf of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his family, we thank you, dear minister. Thank you for all that you have done and are doing and spreading this word of Islam and raising us from the condition that we, you found us and making us into a united community. Thank you, dear, dear ministers. On behalf of the Executive Council of the Nation of Islam and their families, and we thank each and every one of you for assisting and helping the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan spread this word of Islam. On behalf of the ministers and imams throughout this country who are spreading this mighty word of Islam in your families, we thank Allah for each and every one of you. And I say to those ministers and imams today, teach hard. Minister, teach hard. 
On behalf of my co-host, Brother Akbar, Sister Nisa, Brother Jalil, and Brother Shahid, and on behalf of the United Community of Muslims throughout this country and throughout this world, I have a daughter in California, and she took ill, and all it took was a phone call, and at her door were the Muslim brothers and sisters. I have a daughter in St. Louis, she took ill, and all it took was a phone call, and there were Muslims at her door to make sure that they were fine. We thank Allah for each and every one of you, those that we know of and those that we don't know of. We thank you for being the brotherhood of Islam and the sisterhood of Islam. On behalf of each and every one of you, let me leave you as I came with the greeting words of peace. Inshallah, we'll be talking again tomorrow. As-salamu alaykum. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wala ilaha illa Allah, wallahu akbar, wala hawla wala quwwata illa billahi al-aliyyil azim. Glory be to Allah, all praise to Allah. There is no God but Allah, Allah is great. All power and might belong to Allah, the Most High, the Great. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wa Allahu Akbar. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله